Please rise as you are able for the reading of today's scripture. I will be reading today from John chapter 19, verses 28 and 29. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of the hyssop and held it to his mouth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. I just had to say that this morning. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, I just want you to know before I start, you know, I just feel honored to be up here. I've never preached this high before. I've always been on level ground. So I ask you to bear with me this morning. But before we start, let us go to God in prayer. Wonderful God, I thirst. My soul quenches for you. Touch me, God, with your living water. May it flow out of me today, God. May it flow out of my mouth. Use me, God. Allow your word to penetrate our hearts and set our feet on fire. May it not fall on deaf ears. All this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. During this Lenten season, we have been preaching on crosswords. We have been discussing the seven last words of Jesus. Our first week of Lent, we started with Father, forgive them where in spite of everything that Jesus had went through, Jesus is still praying and asking God to forgive them. Week two, we preached on today in paradise. You remember when the thief was on the cross with Jesus and said, Jesus, will you remember me? And Jesus affirms the thief and says, today, you will be with me in paradise. On week three, we heard the sermon, woman, behold your son. This is where Jesus, he flips the script. He's no longer the son, but he's parenting his mother. He entrusts his mother with his best friend, John, and as well, he encourages John to take care of his mother. Week four was very powerful. Jesus asked the question, my God, why? Jesus had been forsaken by his friends, enemies, family, and now Jesus feels forsaken by God. And now, brothers and sisters, week five, we come to the words, I thirst. Our text today was not the only time that Jesus asked for a drink of water. If you remember in chapter four of John, you remember the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well? Scripture tells us that Jesus had been walking and he was tired and he decided he's gonna stop by the well and get a drink of water. But unfortunately, Jesus didn't have anything to draw to get water for himself. 
And here comes this woman of Samaria. She comes in the afternoon to draw water, and Jesus asked her, give me a drink. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have been like the Samaritan woman too. And I would have said, what? Wait a minute. You are a Jew, and you're asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Did I wake up on the wrong side of the bed or what? (laughs) And then Jesus goes on to tell her, he says, woman, if you knew who was asking you for a drink, then you would be asking him to give you a drink. And then, you know, the story goes on to say, she says, what are you talking about? He says, woman, the water that I have you would not thirst again. But if you continue to drink this water from the well, you will always thirst. But I have the living water, the water of eternal life. Well, friends, that was nice. That was great. But now, for our text today, that same Jesus, who is the living water in John chapter 4, is thirsty again. However, this time, it's not from traveling or sitting and taking a break, but Jesus is thirsty because he is experiencing severe dehydration and near his death. But before we can go to the crucifixion, we need to start with the incarnation of God through Jesus Christ. Or on other words, before we pick up at the cross, we need to go back to the beginning. Because in order to appreciate, we need to understand that Jesus was fully human. John 14 tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then if you go down to John 14, 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and lived with us. Yes, Jesus Christ was the Word made flesh. Brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I know that I couldn't bear what Jesus bore. Could you imagine being flesh and blood and bones? You see, Jesus became the Lamb of God, the sacrificial love for us. He sacrificed his love for us. Scripture tells us in John 19, 28, after this, when Jesus knew that all was finished, he said, in order to fulfill Scripture, I thirst. Yes, Jesus had suffered. He suffered an excruciating pain. Jesus has hung from a cross for three hours while they decorated him in a crown of thorns on his head. And to make matters even worse, they took the spike nails and they drilled them, boom, 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 beat them into his hands and his feet. And they didn't stop there. Jesus also received 39 lashes from his flesh. But yet and still, during his pain and suffering, in order to fulfill Scripture for you and for me, Jesus proclaims, I thirst. And they give him 
a jar full of sour wine on a branch of hyssop, and they put it to his mouth. So I asked myself, I wonder what scripture was Jesus trying to fulfill? And I said, oh, maybe it's Psalm 69. Hear the words of a prayer for deliverance for persecution. Save me, O God. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. Do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw me near, redeem me, set me free because of my enemies. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Vinegar, when your lips are parched and your mouth is dry, that must have stung Jesus. In his book, The Passion of Jesus, by Reverend Peter Wallace, he rises, he raises a good question. The question he asks in the book is, what was Jesus thirsting for? One suggestion he made was maybe he's thirsting for the end of his pain and suffering. Jesus has endured so much in his last moments of his life. Maybe he's tired of hanging from the cross of his body deteriorating, his lips becoming parched, his throat is dry. Maybe he's tired, he's ready to release. He's tired of enduring the physical suffering. Or perhaps, maybe he was thirsty for a renewed fellowship with his loving father. Psalm 63.1 says, Oh God, you are my God. I seek you. My, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land, there is no water. Maybe Jesus was ready to go home. Maybe he was ready to see the face of God one more time. Maybe he was ready to be reunited with the Godhead. Or perhaps, Maybe Jesus was determined to complete his task. You see, Jesus knew that there was something else that he had to do before he was done. So maybe he asked for something to drink. He thirsted so that he could get the strength to clear his throat in order for him to cry out. Brothers and sisters, I don't know why Jesus said, I thirst. But whatever it was, Jesus knew that he had a task before him and that Jesus had to complete that task in order for you and I to see the face of God again. So I thought about it. Hmm, maybe I should ask the church a question. What are you thirsting for? Is your spirit crushed, dried up, troubled? 
Is your spiritual life parched? Are you spiritually dehydrated? You know the feeling when you're just going through the motions, when you're only existing and you feel disconnected from God. Maybe you need to be reconnected with God. Well, I come to tell you there's hope. If you're dried up, if you feel like you can't go on, if you're just going through the motions, Jesus wants to quench your thirst. You see, Jesus wants to give you living water so you will thirst no more. Can't you taste it? Just a touch on your tongue. Just one touch from Jesus and it makes it all right. Or maybe it's well with your soul. You say, Reverend, I'm good. Well, I challenge you. In the quote from Martin Luther King, he says, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Maybe you thirst for education for children, equality for all people, safety in your neighborhoods, affordable housing for everyone, to end hunger, homelessness, to end addiction, to adopt a child. Maybe you thirst for affordable health care, to end poverty, to end human trafficking. Maybe you thirst for, cleaning, drink, for clean drinking water for everyone. And the list can go on and on and on. But whatever you thirst for, you got to do something, church. You got to move. You got to go. You got to step out your comfort zone. You need to sponsor a child. Be a mentor to a child. You need to help others. Go out and build a house for someone else. Maybe you need to go on a mission trip. I don't know what you need to do, but one thing I know is that Jesus knew that he thirst to complete his task. So we need to thirst too, because we have tasks ahead of us. And brothers and sisters, in closing, I'm not gonna keep you long. I want you to hear the words of my favorite scripture that I try to live by all of my life. Matthew 25, 21 through 36. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Then the king would say to those at his right hand, Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Jesus goes on to say, truly I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it for me. Brothers and sisters, I'm thirsty. 
Are you? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.